So I've just finished the conversation with Guilherme. I've met him on Twitter. We've known each other for a year or so. And we're always uh, having a conversation um, online, on Twitter, basically, about uh, simplicity and minimalism and things like that. Now, I don't know if he is actually a minimalist after this conversation, um, but he really knows what it means by simplifying. In this conversation, we talk about uh, remote work and dogs. Uh, we actually spoke about our dogs. It's a, it's a great, fun conversation and lots of information there for you as well. Anyway, enjoy the conversation. So, yeah, you're in um, Portugal, right? Yeah, I live Lisbon. in Portugal. No, uh, nearby Porto. No. Nearby Porto. Okay, man, yeah. I, you know, I've been wanting to come to Portugal for such a long time. I go to Spain a lot, but I never go to Portugal. Kind yeah, of thing. Probably currently isn't the best time to go. <laughs> okay. No. Uh, because of everything that we know. Um, but um, you, sh you should come. It's even Porto, Lisbon are the two main cities, but um, there's a lot of small places in Portugal that are really cool. Um, but it's an interesting country because you, you have a good weather and a lot of history and if you like nature also and the food yeah. is amazing yeah the food i mean for me it's more to do with weather and not being anywhere near a city and being with my dog and a car <laughs> that's it one, one of the things that usually people like porto is that it's um, a city without being that kind of uh, metropole where it's always traffic and those kind of things. So yeah, it's like a small city with a lot of yeah. history. Um, but especially in the north of Portugal, you you will find a, a lot of places to, to visit with a lot of history, a lot of nature, all those kind of things. Yeah, it, it's just come. so... Yeah, I, I'm definitely going to knock on your door. Don't worry. I'll definitely... Yeah. I, it's funny I'll because... Be <laughs> <laughs> yeah, it's funny because I've been um, talking to a lot of people online. Um, just finding them. And all of a sudden, a lot of them are coming from Portugal. I'm like, this is pretty cool for me because there's a, there's a guy in Lisbon. Um, he has a YouTube channel and it's, he's called uh, One Cyclist in Portugal or something like that. And mm -hmm. he literally just cycles around um, Lisbon where he lives, but he goes everywhere else with his bike. And one day, and great, great content. I just love watching it because he's a really cool guy. And um, he messaged um, um, on his um, YouTube channel, I'm going mm -hmm. to Amsterdam. Who's around? I'm like, dude, yeah. So I went round with him, round Amsterdam. He put it into a video. And he's like, you've got to come to Portugal. With you and your dog and your bike have to come to Portugal. <laughs> and um, before then, I was interested. But after them, like, okay, I've really got to go. I've really got to yeah, go. And sure. now I'm meeting so many people uh, from Portugal. And I wonder why that is. I think the universe is basically just saying to me, go. Probably is that. Probably is that. We never know. <laughs> well, we met on um, Twitter. Yeah. Because we do something very similar. Um, simplicity. I, I, would say, I would say that we love the same thing. Right. Uh, okay. So, so basically, I... You know, I'm not into minimalism. It was um, before I understood the word, it was more like a religion to me. 
So it was kind of, and I'm not into, I'm not religious. I'm not into religion. I don't hate people for it, but I think religion is silly. But that's just my take on it. Um, so minimalism being a religion to me was silly. It was like, it's a cult and it's like, but after I understood it, I think it, minimalism means different things to different people. The problem and, with minimalism is that you you have the minimalism from YouTube, okay? And yeah. that is a religion, okay? Yes. Where you believe that you should be a missionary or something like that. Um, right. And if you if you study the concept, you see that it's not really about that. It's about um, knowing yourself and knowing what you need, what you enjoy. And you can be minimalist and have a lot of things, okay? If you look around... Uh, Beyond me, there's a lot right. of books. You so, don't want to see what's around yeah. here right now. <laughs> yeah. Uh, so you you need to have uh, with you the things that you that you love and that bring you uh, happiness. Um, but uh, I, I see minimalism as a kind of um, a framework where uh, once you understand it, you can apply to almost all decisions that you took in your life. And that's why I like the the concept, not the concept from YouTube, as I said, uh, the religion. I, I get what you you mean because if I, it's common to to have that reaction from from most of the people when you talk about the minimalism. The the word is is quite strong. Yeah, absolutely. I, I mean, I, you know, I say this so many times about myself. Um, the reason I fell into it was more a case of simplicity rather than minimalism. I hate yeah, they, complications. They I are, hate... They're, they're similar. They're quite they're, similar, yeah. They're quite similar. But I never put myself into that minimalism guy. I put myself yeah. into... I like everything to be simple. Why do things... Why are things so complicated? Why is software so complicated? Why are APIs so complicated? This is getting into your realm of work. Yeah. Why, why are things so complicated? They just don't need to be. And I've been like that for as long as I can remember. And um, so now when I see this movement, as we say, into minimalism, it kind of got me to think about, well, am I a minimalist or am I, it's not the right word, word but simpleton. <laughs> <laughs> you know, yeah. and simpleton has yeah. negative connotations. Probably you are you are a minimalist, and you, you basically don't use the the shirt saying "I'm a minimalist" or something right. like that. Um, I, I would say that if you are really concerned with those things of bringing complexity to your life, and if you are aware of the choices that you that you take to to bring new things to your life, to take decisions, probably you you are following the same kind of practice okay basically mm. i would say that minimalism is a way of noticing decisions that you take okay you you want to to buy something and you have that um, thing that will make you notice that you are taking a decision probably by impulse and and you don't need to take it and those things is what to me are uh, based on minimalism obviously when you start and you you try to join the the cult. You you will look around. You will see a lot of things. You will try to do those decluttered things. Uh, mm -hmm. They they are also important because they are a framework to 
to start okay it's a way to at least to gain the conscious of what you have and what you don't need and uh, how bad you are okay uh, but after you start doing that you don't i don't believe that i need to be um, the guy that dresses always the same shirt or something like that um, right. I, i'm not <laughs> that's that the person. extreme yeah that's yeah, the extreme I, yeah i'm not that person and for example um I couldn't be an extreme minimalist because I'm married to a person that isn't a minimalist. So we, right. we need to find a balance. And um, if if I didn't find the balance, I, I was in the cult. And probably I shouldn't marry with her. But I, I'm happy and um, she is happy with the way I am. And we we understand the, the decisions. Obviously, that you try to use those those things to influence people around you in a natural way. For example, I try to be really mindful with my daughter when we have new toys uh, um, in the Christmas and when, on birthdays, uh, trying to take the decision. Do you play with this with this toy or do you want to, to give it away? Those kind of things. Um, but I believe that the, in your case, you don't dress the shirt, but you, you follow most of them the the concepts of minimalism probably i'm using the shirt is the only difference yeah i mean it, it's interesting because i you know this whole minimalism thing came about purely because of tech minimalism i wanted a word i didn't want to use the word simplicity or simple because it had a different connotation to it mm -hmm. and tech minimalism just worked rather than um trying to come up with some sort of an idea tech because I'm in tech, minimalism because that's kind of the hot new word right now in a way and almost what I am kind of doing. And it, it's, it's working and it's been pretty good. But you do something with code, right? You're a coder. Yeah, is that I'm a, yeah, I'm a software developer. And You're a developer. Yeah. And the reality is, is that um, I discovered this thing of minimalism by kind of accidents. Um, basically, I I have um, a chronic disease. It's um, something um, that usually is, that is a lot of a problem when I'm tense with a lot of anxiety and um, all those <coughs> feelings when you are overwhelmed. I start feeling a lot of pain. And I try to change a lot of things in my life to, to deal with that pain, to avoid it. Uh, things like food and uh, the kind of exercise, whatever. And one of the things that I start noticing on myself was on those moments when in my work, I was feeling a lot of stress related to complexity. Usually the things start to creep, creep up. And right. that drive me to, to minimalism and to simplicity. And I tried to take those lessons to simplify my work and to simplify the things that I work with. Um, so my, my relationship with uh, simplicity it's quite strong like you probably in not in the same same way because I I deliver software not only as a, right. as a consumer um, but for example I, I have a good example to you related to applying minimalism to using technology um, I'm a kind of a productivity geek okay I really right. like to 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 define my setup to Take, take conscious decisions of what I'm using. If there's a new tool, I, I really like to to play around. But the reality is that I was looking 
um, to myself searching for uh, things that didn't bring value, okay? Um, and it took me a while to realize that sometimes we are investing our time just because we we want to have the fun of uh, exploring. And a lot of times you don't bring any value to um, to your life. And and it, you, you see the shiny object and you basically start going around. Yes. Uh, Welcome yeah. to my world, basically. <laughs> yeah. It's interesting you come up with the technology because it. Uh, this is the thing I find. This is the whole point of tech minimalism is that, you know, with Mac Junkie, I've seen so many clients. I've had about 6,000 clients and pretty much every single one of them have so many tabs open, so many different apps that do different, uh, the same thing di slightly yeah. differently. And no one can understand why they're not getting any work done, right? <laughs> so I'm like, well, get rid of stuff. Then the thing comes about in the FOMO, like I, I don't want to miss out. Yeah. So they keep getting these um, apps and this is the thing. And I've always been into simplicity, as I said before. So it was more a case of how can I do the most difficult job simply because yeah. I don't want to and, waste time. And if you already have tools, it's always a good bet to try to see if they can solve your, your problem in an efficient way instead of going shopping around uh, just because. Absolutely. I mean, my job is to find the right tools for my clients. So unfortunately, I have to go and check. But do as I say and not do as I do. So yeah. effectively, when I work with my clients, I tell them to get rid of all of this stuff. In my doc, for instance, I have three apps open. That's it. I don't need any more. People don't need more than one calendar. They don't need more than one um, notes app. They don't need more than one task manager. Uh, you know, I've had um, issues <laughs> with having tasks in Basecamp and my things three. So I'm like, well, why am I using two to-do list, uh, to lists? But they're not to-do lists. They're, they work slightly differently. Yeah. And if you, you know, my job is to try to pry the difference between a to-do list and a project management tool because they, they are different. Um, but if you're working for yourself, do you need a project management tool? So it, it's it's really weird how people don't really think ahead. They just, as you say, get that shiny tool thinking it's going to fix everything. But in fact, it's making it worse. Yeah. And if you like technology, you are probably the first person to, to do that because it, it's fun. And, yeah. <laughs> and as you said, you probably are fear to missing out the the new thing, the new cool thing. And you see a lot of people using that. And um, yeah, give give it a try. But one of the things that I was seeing myself doing a lot of times is uh, I was trying just because um, I see a new thing, not because I'm not happy with the one that I'm already using, or um, trying to move everything into that new tool. Okay, it's quite common, for yeah. example, when you use a notes tool or something like that, you try to move everything to there, you work with it for two weeks, and then you need to go back because you you don't like it. It's missing just one small feature that you, right. you can't live without it. It's and you've wasted common. all that time with the transfer. Yeah. This is the thing you've wasted. And so what I tend to do now is try to use a tool for like a month or so. 
um, without moving anything over to see if I like it, see if it does what I want it to do. This is for me personally. And then start moving stuff I need to. But I've kind of stuck with Apple Notes. So, everything, so that's my brain. That's my thing. I don't mm -hmm. use anything else. But I've now found a new tool, which in fact, that's what I was doing <laughs> earlier on before the call. Um, and it's great. It's, it's such a, it works the way my brain works in a way. But the main part of it is that you can share it externally and stuff. But um, what I want to talk about is how you, because you do a lot of tweets about simplifying code and developer, mm -hmm. development and stuff. Yeah. Talk, talk about that a little. Yeah, basically, I'm I'm um, passionate by writing code, and one of the things that I try to apply is to even in code being taking the simplest decision and the simplest solution. Um, basically, because when you write code, it's it's more often will be read than than rewritten. Okay, it's um, mm. it's like writing a book with the option of editing it, and there, there's a lot of um, things uh, published by with more than 20 years of history um, about uh, good practices to to write code that is maintainable and it's easy to use and it's something that I'm I advocate for uh, other things that it are not that common and usually are a problem for software developers is not related to code itself, but the way that we approach problems. Okay, because mm. when you when you write code, it's uh, you can be a really geek guy and you are so focused on playing around with code because programming is like a game, and you um, it, it's like a game. And if if the next level is more challenging, you will take more more pleasure yeah. from it, and yeah. and that usually can be. Um, really a problem for for your end users because they don't care if you are really clever with uh, um, a piece of code the, what they want is a, a good solution for for that problem and those are the things that i i try to to bring value to people around me is the, how you can simplify uh, the way that you approach problems the way that you um understand that you are a human and there's things in your uh, in your brain that you should be aware um, that many of those things that you have to deal when you are choosing a tool we need to be aware when we are delivering it okay it doesn't matter if you start coding a really a really elegant piece of code if your api or your front end um it's it's a mess um those are the things that I, I I try to to advocate for, and especially with the fact that you, if you simplify those things, you are basically removing yourself the pain of dealing with complexity in a in an ear. If you have a really complex solution for a problem, you can be really happy today, but uh, down the road, uh, things will get back at you, and that's that's really hard to deal, and uh, you don't want that. You want to take the the simplest solution as you can as far as it's the it's the best one one of the misconceptions that i see a lot of times related to simplicity is the idea of um, um relating simplicity with the simpler or uh, um, yeah. 
lack yeah. of effort, something like that. But yeah. simple, it's more complex than than uh, doing a complex thing, because you need to put your brain on that and you need to put the effort. I think that Steve Jobs had a, a sentence related to that. Uh, that you need to really fight for simplicity. You can't just wait for it. And that's what I try to do. Yeah, I mean, simplicity, if people think simplicity is the lazy way out, but what they yeah. fail to realize is trying to construct something simple takes so much pre-thought into doing it. This, it takes so much architecture in your brain yeah. to try to figure it out. To build it might be simple, Mm -hmm. But the actual road of getting to that end point is so much harder than just getting, a, you know. So, for instance, you can build, when we were young, when I was young anyway, we used to go out and build a cart out of wood, right? Yeah. Just now, wheels on. But it broke. It broke because we never thought about how to create that thing. And I think simplicity is basically the same or that the 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 product or the thing that you're trying to build and trying to make it so simple is so freaking difficult. Yeah, um, you, you can see the, the example of, the, of a search engine, okay? To a random person that doesn't think about those things, it looks like a really simple thing. It's usually yeah. just a, a, a text box with a button, simple. Yeah. The amount of things that are abstracted on on that thing, um, it's stunning. It's really difficult to to understand what is being done. And when you start thinking on the things that you deliver on that way, you need to to think about abstractions and um, uh, decomposing the problem in small pieces. Because if you are abstracting something from someone and you still need to deal with uh, too much information. Uh, complex too, uh, problem too hard, too complex, you will deliver a, a bad job. Yeah. And so you need to apply tools to understand how can you split this big thing in small things like Lego or something like that. And, and that's the, the challenge um, yeah. in, in anything. Yeah, it's, as I said, it's more the strategic thinking behind the product rather than the product itself, rather than the thing, rather than the button, rather than yeah. the field. I, str I struggled with that on my website um, on where all my videos were. I've obviously mm -hmm. moved them to the new place, but where my videos were, I was like, how can I m put a search field there that didn't take away from the look and didn't take away from me wanting people to, to kind of scroll through? Yeah. So I left it out because a lot of people saying, I can't find this, I can't find that. I'm like, well... I know you, I don't really want you to find it. I want you to find the information that's being presented to you. Plus also, it will look silly if I put it there. So the idea of trying to just put a <laughs> search field is so simple to do, but uh, I, I don't I want you. it there, yeah. right? So I think about that stuff a lot. So even when I'm working with my clients and they say, is it ready or have, you know, what can we do? It's not as simple as that. It's, mm. I'll, I, it will be simple once it's done, but getting there is so complicated. Um, and that's kind of difficult for, to explain to, to some, not, not everyone, but to some. Yeah, and especially if you deal with those detailed things on, you are focused on the tool, you are focused on the process, and you are not able to step back, okay? 
this can be really a problem. This is really common in, in in code because you are looking to a few lines of code, you are using your focus, your flow. And if you don't step back, you will your brain will not see what it what is around. Is that idea of um, looking for the flora, the forest in, instead of the trees? Um, when you look around, you see things in a different perspective, and probably you will notice that you can go go to another route. And there's value on that. There's value on being able of uh, of that abstract thinking of. Uh, looking to the everything and um, constructing something really good. Um, that's that's what I believe. Yeah, I mean, you definitely have to step back and look. I mean, if you have a top-down view, if you step away from it, step away from the project, step away from the code, as you're saying, step away from the tool. Um, I, I do this a lot um, as well. I find a tool, I really get into it, use it for a day and think this is the best thing ever. You take a day to process what you've actually done and go back and go, actually, no, that's not the, the way to do it. That's not the, the right process, not the right flow for mm -hmm. the client I'm working with or whatever. So stepping away from your project, from whatever it is that you're working with, is definitely a, um, a time saver in the long run. Because yeah. even though people might think, oh, I don't, I don't want to waste another day thinking about it, if you don't take that time to think and slow down, you're going to pay for it at the end. Basically. Yeah, you see many problems being solved after mm. one night of sleep. Yeah. After oh, yeah. going grab a coffee. <laughs> uh, yeah. After anything that um, that you go away from your your screen, it's um, our brain is really powerful, and when we don't understand how how we can take advantage of it. Usually we try to create complex things and complexity brings anxiety, brings stress, brings all those things to your life that you you don't want. Um, and for example, in, in fields like mine, you, you have uh, concepts like burnout being really common. You see a lot of people talking about burnout and mental health, those kind of things, because it's an industry of heads down and let's deliver this thing. Uh, and if you don't take care of those things, and um, you are basically shooting yourself in in the foot, um, that's why it's it's important to to be aware of uh, of these things. And uh, I don't see a lot of people talking about this. Um, mm. It's interesting that uh, I found you on Twitter because of the concept of tech minimalism. The by the tagline was was catchy, at least to me. But we we don't see a lot of people's people realizing that um, they need those kind of things and they are not aware of that. Um, we start seeing a few things like uh, digital minimalism, but usually it's because of the detox of uh, social networks. Detox. Absolutely. Yeah. 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 Uh, instead of being a, a well thought approach to your relationship with technology. And it that's what is missing, I think so. Uh, you know, you've hit the nail on the head, basically, because I see so many posts, especially in the past year or so, about uh, digital detox, digital minimalism, and digital this and digital that. And I'm thinking, well, this is, th th that is more of a fad, more of a short-term relief. It's like a, an aspirin for your headache, right? It doesn't You'll go work. away, but 
It doesn't work because the headache will come back if you don't organize your structure in your body and you sleep funny uh, because you sleep funny. The headaches are going to keep going there. And digital detox is basically the same thing as that when I say it. Isn't isn't sustainable. Uh, It's not. you see those those people working, um, for example, for two to three months, really uh, long hours and um, extra hours, all those things. And by the end, they took uh, two weeks of vacations. And that will not work because you will get back. And uh, if you don't address the, the real problem, that, that is you put yourself in a really bad situation, you will get back there uh, as soon as as you as you can imagine, and with technology is the is the same thing. We, for example, I have been using Inbox Zero for a long time uh, before it was something that you, everyone tends to talk about, but nowadays you, you see people sharing things about uh, okay, I reached my my zero, and uh, uh, <laughs> If the same person published the, the email counter after two months, I bet that it will be back to, to the same problem. Absolutely. And again, I'll say it again and again and again. It's the process that matters, not uh, what you're yeah. doing, not the program, not the app, not the, um, the placebo. I would, say, I would say that is, is the habit that you create. Yeah. Okay. You you have that goal of uh, achieving the the inbox zero. Um, you have a process to achieve that, but during that process, you don't create an habit that sticks to you. Doesn't doesn't matter no. because the goal is easy to to reach. You can archive all, all your emails, and you have the inbox zero. But uh, if you don't create the um, the habit, it's will not work, and you can see that with a, a lot of things. Like when you sh- we choose a new t- a new tool, and you go play around, and you can have um, good feelings with it, and it fits your workflow or your brain works, like you are saying, or probably something that you just play around and go to the garbage, because yeah. the the habit of working with that thing doesn't doesn't stick. And if it doesn't stick, doesn't matter. It's true. I mean, habits definitely. And the thing is, it takes so long. Is it 21 days that for a habit to stick? And the uh, problem... They, they say, but uh, I don't believe on those hard measures. And and to be honest, it's really easy. If, For example, I, I try to practice meditation. I'm not really uh, an excellent example because sometimes I, I have to skip it. Uh, or I think that I have... Uh, because I create excuses. Uh, but for example, the first month is really easy because you are so focused on achieving that thing that you right. you think that you created an habit. Yes. Uh, the science of creating an habit is to really embed th- that thing in your workflow. And if mm. you don't do that, it doesn't matter. Because well, one day, yeah, everything changes. I mean, the, th- the th- interesting thing about what I do, my clients, is that they're already stuck in a way of working with their habits. And you're trying to explain to them, look, this, this is better for you. And they say, okay, I'll try it. But because they're so stuck in the way that they have been working, the habit that they have, they, it, it's not easy for them to pick up that habit. 
habits could be done within three days, four days. I've, I have done it in certain things. But you need a longer period to get into that habit if we're talking about tech minimalism. For other things, yeah. I guess it's different. I don't meditate. I actually still don't understand the concept of meditation. I don't mm -hmm. want to try to understand it. Um, the only thing I can put meditation down to, uh, similar to, is me walking my dog and not thinking about anything. That to me, I guess, is meditation. Yeah, because I you, don't understand if, the concept of meditation. Yeah, if you go for a walk and you are not actively listening for something and you are basically enjoying, I would say that is a kind of uh, of meditation. I, I walk yeah. my dog every morning and come up with ideas for videos I make. <laughs> Yeah, that's the only thing I do. I don't think about anything else. Obviously, other than him falling into the water because we live on an island. <laughs> that's about it. Yeah, yeah. Yeah, I, it's, I have it, a dog too, and I in the morning I I go every day with him, and in the lunch break, and you, it's the kind of thing that demands you from abstracting yourself from what you are doing, and that's that's really important for mental health also. I got a dog for various reasons, but one of the main reasons is because I was sitting behind the computer for too long. Um, I was putting on weight and stuff like that, because the older you get, the, the faster your weight comes on. Yeah. And um, so I thought, you know, everyone's telling me get a dog. And I'm like, oh, do I, I don't want another dog. So the best thing I ever did was get that dog. Best thing I ever did, because as you say, it helps you step away from yeah. whatever it is you're doing it helps at you at least they demand from you <laughs> right yeah so and mm. and it help it help it helps me talk to something else because i live on my own as well so it's it it's just such a great thing to have a dog especially if you're you're in tech if you can obviously because a lot of people can't to to kind of walk away from whatever it is that you're doing come up with new ideas don't even think about work whatever it is it's um, having a dog is like the best thing that's happened to me in the past. How old is he now? 10 years. So, mm. um, yeah, if you can Long find journey. something, alter you can't do it with a fish. Let's put it that way. No, or a so. rabbit. Yeah. <laughs> or a cat. You yeah. need a dog. <laughs> and especially if it's a dog that really demands from yourself. Usually if it's a large breed or something like that, that yeah. they need really a, a lot of attention and going for long walks and those kind of things. I don't uh, agree. No? My dog is huge. and we, I mean, we walk, hey, Wolf, he's downstairs. We walk what, four times, five times a, a day. A day. And it's, he doesn't run around the house. He's quite relaxed, actually. Um, so it depends on the breed maybe, and it depends on how you bring it up. I have this conversation all the time with people around the island. How's your dog so well behaved? Like, I don't know, just, I don't know. Like, I have no idea. Yeah, they are like kids. Uh, they come with natural uh, skills. Right, yeah, yeah. And um, so everyone's asking me, can you look after my dog? Because, so I looked after my uncle's two dogs and they are mm -hmm. small little rats they're just so annoying yeah they have yeah, more yeah, energy yeah and energy and they were so in, and they had to go to paris um for a weekend long weekend so i was looking after the dog when they came back they said what did you do to the dogs i was like what do you mean as well they're listening i'm like yeah this is what you should be doing training them because a lot of people don't train their dogs 
you see. Yeah. Um, but after two days later, they went back to the same routine as they had it's, because that's what they were used habit, to. Yeah. And, and they didn't, um, they weren't um, doing the same thing as I was, basically. They weren't actually, mm. you know, adhering to the rules I gave them. <laughs> kind of thing. Yeah, even them create habits and understand yeah. that the different a different person can have different inputs and expecting different things. So they are clever. Yeah. It, yeah. I mean, it circles back to being at work. It depends on who you work with. You work at home, obviously. You work remotely. Uh, at least during the pandemic, yes. At least during uh, the pandemic, right? Yeah. Uh, I was working in the office once this starts uh, in a different company. Uh, in the meanwhile, I, I changed jobs. Um, and uh, one of the things of being in, in the office is you create a, a different schedule. And mm -hmm. it's quite easy, for example, in the lunch break, you, if it's raining outside, you don't go, you don't go out, you don't uh, mm -hmm. go stretch. Uh, while you, when you are uh, at home and you are with your dog, you, you need to do that. Um, you need to go. Yeah. And that is one of the important aspects. And he, he has a, a funny uh, thing that is uh, when it's the, the lunch hour, he already knows and he, can, he knows. comes by to, to my desk <laughs> with, with a paw. <laughs> yeah, they <laughs> and, just know. And yeah. I know, okay, it's time for, to feed him and, and go outside usually. It's funny. He, he ha we have a routine, but it's never fixed, like my life and like my work. Yeah. And so he... You know, I can wake up at 11, 12 o'clock and he's still there chilling, not expecting anything. So he knows that we will go out. He just doesn't know the time. So he never asks. Mm -hmm. On the rare occasion he really needs to go out, he will literally sit in front of me staring at me. <laughs> it's the only uh, thing I get from him. But um, I want to go back to you working remotely. Yeah. How does that work with your colleagues i mean a lot of people say i hate working remotely because and a lot of people say i love it because i get left alone but do you get distracted with slack or anything uh, like that no um i had, I had the experience of um, two jobs and uh, mm. in the previous one i was i was in uh, leading a, a team so it was interesting because we were uh, everyone was in the office. We know each other, and we moved to to the remote environment, as far as we call can call this um, remote because it's yeah. not the same the same thing. And to be honest, we didn't uh, feel that we uh, were missing a lot of things. Uh, right. Everyone everyone was still collaborating, helping each other. It's it's quite easy nowadays. Jump in the call, and if you need to to figure it out, uh, one of the things that I noticed from from uh, changing uh, jobs recently uh, is that when you come to a to a team, you don't know the dynamics and mm -hmm. you don't know uh, everyone, and it's um, a bit hard to to get in in the spirits and. Uh, Slack seems like uh, a really informal tool to to those those kind of things. Yeah. So I, I would say that if you have a good connection with uh, with everyone, it's it's easy. Um, if you 
if you are in an environment like you you are a new fish in the pond, uh, probably you, you will struggle a, a bit in the, the beginning because you need to create those connections. Mm -hmm. uh, but to be honest, in my in the kind of work that I do, I don't feel a lot of uh, things missing out. Uh, besides that thing of creating relationships, if you um, one of the things that I was missing in the beginning, probably because I didn't use the the right tool was whiteboarding okay um, right. i really yeah i really like to explain things with the diagrams okay and I, mm -hmm. i'm quite used to to grab a um, a pen and paper and try to sketch something and mm -hmm. that thing i was missing because um the tools that i was used to do they weren't quite isn't natural okay and when yeah. you are used to to do that with your with mm -hmm. a pen and on that thing, when we had discussions of what we should do, how should we do, and I tried to explain something, I was missing that uh, that thing. But to be honest, the, the cost benefit um, of uh, going home to work remotely, uh, I don't see a lot of things that we, we are um, wasting. But uh, the connection between between the the team and the relationships is something that if you have a way to combine both both worlds i think that it's something that you are winning yeah, and I maybe think it's, it's, uh, it's the future will be something like that yeah i think it's the human connection that people are generally missing that's yeah because i i hear about it i hear it all the time on twitter and linkedin and stuff because they're the two places i visit most that people on the one hand saying they love it and then the people on the other hand saying i hate it and the difference yeah. really is exactly what you said it's the human connection that they miss not because they want loads of people around them but i think the connection between teammates matter the human element matters yeah. and that's missing and i don't think you're going to ever get that without that actual human interaction yeah but you either the, you either have an, a company where everyone is remote since the first day and um, the culture is that uh, if you have a kind of a hybrid environment where everyone was in the office and then everyone jumps through remote um, you will feel that yeah. I, I really believe that most companies will create a kind of a hybrid environment where you go to the office uh, once a week or something like that uh, you can have a few meetings together, those those kind of things, and then you have your focus time at home. Um, I believe that. I think Basecamp started, they were fully remote, but they yeah. had an office um, where people could go in. And there were some people that just went to the office because that's the way they worked. And I think that even though they say they were remote only, it's not quite true because they did actually mm. still have an office. However, they were um, pushing the remote part of it more. But because of the pandemic um, and the fact that they want to, you know, make everything smaller, they're, they're actually going fully remote, actually going fully remote. Mm -hmm. So I don't know how that's going to affect the people who were going into the office. But I think, as you said, I think a hybrid makes a lot of sense to have an office where people can go um, for events, for meetings, for anything rather than going to you know the um yeah, shared workspaces five. and stuff yeah or, or yeah. a nine to five i mean the thing is people don't work nine to five anymore i don't 
You know, mm. I don't think anyone does really. They have kind of borders, but if if you're working on something, um, you're not going to just stop because if you're in the zone, it just doesn't happen. And if you're not in the zone, you're not going to sit behind your table to do it. That happens to me as well. So having a place to go where you think, you know, today I want to work. Well, there are co-working spaces, but why not have an office where your actual co-workers can be there as well, which would be much yeah. better. You you would need a, a different kind of office that we have nowadays. Uh, probably nowadays the, most of the offices are set up to have a lot of meeting rooms mm -hmm. with a huge open, open plan with a lot of desks. And probably you need something different. You don't need an office that big. Um, but you need to create those spaces where uh, a team with four or f five elements can join together to have a discussion or uh, to spend a, a day together, whatever. Yeah, um, yeah. Do you do you miss going to the office? Do you think? I I don't feel that a lot. I I know I know a lot of people that uh, miss it. Um, I don't feel it a lot. To to be honest, um, there's there's one thing that. The, the thing that bothers me most is even outside of work, not being able to yeah. to go wherever I want. Yeah. Uh, but probably is because I'm thinking in the current situation. In the current situation, I don't want to go to to an office. Um, mm. uh, I would not feel comfortable even to to go. But I I believe that in the moment that we can go, if it's something that you go once in a while, you will take pleasure from it instead of uh, that um, thing of going every day to um, to commute to the office. If it's an, a kind of an event that you know mm. that you have once in a while, you will take pleasure from it instead of uh, being a, a problem to you. It's interesting because I've always worked for myself. I've always worked at home. I have had jobs, obviously, mm -hmm. uh, and I've had had jobs where I've had to go to clients and go out of the, but I've generally worked for myself. So I, I hated working in an office. It actually really annoyed me because, <laughs> weird thing to say, but people annoy me. You know, when you're working on something and then you hear something in the background yeah. in that sense well, it's just so i'm thinking for for you being a developer and you're coding you want to concentrate more yeah. well, so one I, of the things that you that you will see if you go to a software company is that and if everyone is in the same yeah right uh, noise cancelling and yeah. that that's usually is a, a bad sign um, yeah. if if you need that to concentrate uh, and if you need to use that as a kind of a signal, I'm trying to concentrate is a really bad sign. That's worse. Yeah, uh, that's worse. Yeah. yeah. And besides that, you, you can live in an environment where people f feel comfortable of uh, approaching you at any time. Mm. And if, if you live on that environment, you can create those focus um, uh, blocks where you you try to add down on something and get into that uh, state of flow. And at least to me, is is something that I need. If uh, if I know that I have a meeting in in one hour, probably I will try to pick a different task that don't, doesn't need a lot of concentration. Right. Um, one of the things that I am seeing happening with uh, with this thing of the remote working is that. Um, we are creating meetings 
for a lot of things that probably don't need to be emitted. Uh, Hallelujah. Yeah. Yeah. Uh, we are not, we, we as, as, um, as uh, working uh, people, we learn to use Zoom and to use all those things to have video calls. And probably we loved it because we are using it too much. But we, we didn't jump through that, that step where you are thoughtful about taking a decision of bringing everyone into a into a meeting mm -hmm. and writing more and um, putting your mind in the things that you you want to do and trying to explain in a written form at least to prepare a meeting uh, is something that i feel that is is missing uh, in this industry right. yeah probably you see, you see the same thing also if you can do that asynchronous conversation you will waste time for a lot of people. Yeah, I mean, uh, it's it's different. There there are use cases for both sync and async, and I prefer async because you have time to think. But I really love sync because of things like this. You know, yeah. um, you can no, you can I, talk I'm, and whatever. So, so that the you, secret you have... is understanding. The secret is understanding when exactly. to choose one or another. I know that exactly. you you have said mm -hmm. in a different episode that you you don't receive or you don't react to SMS and those kind of things. It's okay. a, a deliberate choice that you that you have, and um, the problem is when you don't take those decisions um, with yeah. with your with uh, all the information and uh, going into a meeting and with 10 people in the meeting. You, and nowadays it's quite easy because you don't see a room packed. And uh, because of that, you can bring everyone into a meeting. It's quite easy. That's and right. that, uh, that has a cost also. If you start summing the, um, the money invested in, in simple decisions sometimes, uh, you yeah. will see that there's a lot of waste. There is so much waste in company culture in general, and yeah. I've always fought for it. Uh, hate why, why I, I used to work in a bank, and I used to hate every minute of it. There was meetings mm -hmm. all the time for nothing. For like, effect. I mean, there wasn't email back then, but this could have been in an email, you know, that type of thing. And there is so much waste in companies because the processes aren't there. Uh, my best friend who will be listening to this because she really wanted to listen to this because she works at a coding academy. So she wanted to get some insight from what you were saying. So she's listening to this and she's a, a process manager. Um, mm -hmm. she, that's what she, you know, she, she does do. She's a COO at the moment, but, um, and she's, and we're always discussing processes and we're always agreeing with each other because process matters way more than anything else in, in a business effectively with, for the yeah. working of the business. And if you don't have your process down, you're running around like headless chickens. If you don't have the right SOPs, no one knows what's doing, what, what they're doing. If you don't have the right method, you know, the right methods of working, the right um, processes and stuff, you're just um, asking for trouble. Yeah, so that's one of the things, uh, being able to, to empty your brain with the uh, information that you have in your brain, because otherwise things doesn't scale. Yeah. And in the moment that someone new joins to help you, they will not help because no. everything is stuck in your brain. Having that second brain with something is, uh, is a tool that we should be aware 
that is important. And I I see that missing a lot of in in software. We we tend to to prefer to write code to documentation and um, <laughs> yeah. yeah and. But the reality is that when we try to use a framework or something like that, and the documentation is garbage, we start complaining. Yeah. Uh, yeah. But uh, if you don't do that, you things don't scale, um, and there's a lot of complexity into that. There's nothing worse from um, you seeing something that you know that you have been in the same situation in the past and you are almost sure that you uh, fixed in the past and you don't remember uh, and yeah. you don't have any place to go search for it and create, creating that habit of taking notes and writing down processes sops those kind of things i think is really important for it every yeah, every company every company yeah i mean documentation is huge um and for you know for many many years i didn't document anything nothing because I was just working. Yeah. But I've realized afterwards, like uh, like you said, how did I do that thing? Because I, I used to program FileMaker for myself. I didn't do it professionally. So I made my own thing. And then everything worked. When something didn't work, I didn't have any documentation to go back to figure out how I built it in the first place because I was just building. That was the, in the very early days of FileMaker. So, um, so I learned very quickly <laughs> to kind of document um, your, my processes, what you do. And the thing is, a lot of people think, well, I work on my own. Do I need to document? And again, it's something I thought about as well. Maybe not. However, it will make your life a lot easier. The thing is, again, about scale, you were talking about scale. Um, I never want to scale. I never want to hire. I never want to get anyone from Fiverr or anything like that because I like doing everything myself because I have all the time in the world in the way mm -hmm. I work. So do I need to document? Actually, not really, but it helps me understand my own process. And that's yeah, the also. reason I document. Not because I may use it again, but more a case of, is this the right thing? Am I doing it correctly? Um, and when you have it written down, you kind of understand, okay, well, this, I don't need to do this, or I need to do more of this, and so on and so yeah. forth. So you, you shift your brain from the creator side of things to the editor or the yes. reviewer. And by doing that, it, it's enough to understand that you are doing the wrong things. Yeah. Um, yeah. Well, our brain doesn't work in the same way when you are trying to create or review or maintain something. And that that's important. But even if you nowadays don't want to scale, uh, let's imagine that one day you, you just want to work one hour a week and you have someone, you want someone doing the the things that are low-hanging low fruits. Um, yeah. on, on that moment, if you have everything written down you you have the conditions to do that yes otherwise you will it will be overwhelming for each other so yeah. no absolutely absolutely anyway um i won't keep you longer um it's been a great chat i love talking to you um great that we meet at last actually yeah because <laughs> we've been tweeting each other all the time um so great thanks for the conversation yeah, and um, nice to meet you yeah nice to meet you and i'll, I'll see you next time yeah, bye. Ciao.